This is the Legal Lounge from Lanyon Bowdler Solicitors, where you'll hear about many aspects of law in England and Wales with special guests, industry experts, and local charities. Here's your host, Amanda Jones. Hello, and welcome to season four of the Legal Lounge. If you haven't heard the shows in the first three seasons, there's plenty of content for you if you're going through a divorce, want to know more about claiming for injuries, or if you're training to be a lawyer. You'll also meet some amazing local charities and learn about the work they do. You can listen to these shows on your favourite podcast app and get more information by visiting lblaw.co.uk forward slash podcast. It's over 12 months since our initial podcast on the maternity scandal at Shrewsbury and Telford Hospital Trust. And in this episode, lawyers Amy Bills and Alicia Johns talk about the current situation now that the families have received the family feedback reports from Donna Ockenden, and sadly how we're still seeing inquiries coming in from across the country. Hi, um, my name's Amy and I'm here with my colleague Alicia today. We run the SATH team, which is dedicated to the cases against the Shrewsbury and Telford um, Hospital Trust on a day-to-day basis. And we have roughly 120 cases at the moment um, against what we would call SATH. We are currently working collaboratively with the defendant on our cases and we've now streamlined the process with the defendant to make the claim faster as is acknowledged on all sides that the families have been through a very traumatic time. Sometimes some of the families that contact us have been contacted out of the blue by Donna Ockenden and her team so it's very much a big shock to them and the process of making a clinical negligence claim can sound quite daunting so we guide them through the process of doing so. It's now been roughly a year since our colleagues Beth and Catherine did a podcast about SATH and the publication of the Donna Ockenden report which was in March 2022. The families that were involved in the Donna Ockenden review have now all received personal family feedback reports uh, which me and Alicia have obviously seen a lot of. They are helpful to us and for some families they provide really good answers to questions that they had regarding their maternity care that they were provided but some of them are not quite as detailed as families would like and I think this is down to the sheer volume of cases that Donna Ockenden and her team had to review around 2,000 cases so they're not as detailed as some may like, which is often why families then approach us. I think it's important to note as well that the the grading of the feedback reports are from a best practice point of view. So she's looking at it more from um, whether the care was of an acceptable standard, whereas we would be looking at it from a clinical negligence point of view to see whether or not it would satisfy the threshold for a clinical negligence claim. So from a breach point of view, we mean whether or not the care provided was of an acceptable standard by clinicians that would be in the same job role as um, that which the negligence is alleged against. And from causation point of view, we mean whether or not any harm has arisen from the negligence that wouldn't have occurred but for the negligence. I think it's important as well to note that some of the families might not have sought help prior to having the feedback reports or since having their feedback reports because the grading might be not what they expected as in Donna might not have thought that there was anything wrong with the care that was provided but that isn't necessarily indicative that no negligence occurred or they've also needed time to process what the feedback report has said because like Amy said a lot of them have been contacted out of the blue um, and just given the very sensitive nature of what's being discussed they need some time to process what's actually happened. 
we would be happy as well to say that we would look at any of the family feedback reports that have been provided to clients that have not yet gone and sought any advice to see whether or not we think there is a clinical negligence claim or an angle that we could pursue from a clinical negligence perspective or just to provide any advice generally. Yeah, I agree. I think there's people that perhaps weren't even involved in the Donna Ockenden review uh, for whatever reason that could still, you know, potentially benefit from our assistance. And we have a wonderful team here that take information from you. And then we would discuss that as a team as to whether it's something that we would be able to help you with. So it's not too late if uh, you wanted to reach out at all and see if we can help in any way. We are still sadly receiving um, inquiries. Some of them are from families that were part of the Donna Ockenden report, but we've also got, you know, really new families since the investigation has concluded, <coughs> even up to last year, which obviously, as solicitors dealing with these matters, makes us incredibly sad. We had hoped that there would be a lot of change that we could see. Um, as a result of Donna Ockenden's report and findings, but despite that being published, you know, a year ago now, we haven't seen any change ourselves in terms of what we're actually seeing on a day-to-day basis, which is really disappointing. You know, we appreciate that it's not a quick fix because some of these issues are embedded within the trust itself, but it would have been nice if we could see some sort of progress by now. It might well be that SAF have had a bit of a reluctance to engage and communicate with the community to anything that's been implemented, but it would be much nicer and I think women would feel a lot more safer knowing that things have changed a little bit as a result of this huge investigation. We both feel really strongly, um, as does the rest of our team at Lanyon Bowdler, about the way that the trusts have dealt with the families at the time of the either tragic loss of their baby um, or the injury to themselves. We think that there was such a lack of support after that and often there was an element of the trust blaming the mum for what happened, which is obviously, oh, I can't put into words really how awful that must be. Um, and these mums have carried that guilt with them some for 20 plus years so you know you can't begin to imagine what these families have been through and then to not have any sort of support we really think that in bringing these clinical negligence claims we can make a difference Uh, we also see such a knock-on effect of the loss of their baby or injury to themselves and how it kind of affects all aspects of their lives often you know the ladies don't go on to have more children they might not have a family at all and it has a huge impact on their careers and also their relationships with their partner and their wider family so it's not just the traumatic event kind of index event it it goes much further than that yeah I think it's important to note as well that Donna Ockenden's report has just reinforced that this isn't a problem just isolated to SAF it's a problem across the board across the NHS generally and even extending down to the health boards in Wales I think since Donna's review of the Shrewsbury Trust there's been cases identified you know in Cumtaf um, there was 19 avoidable stillbirths and neonatal deaths between 2016 and 2018 uh, Morecambe 2004 to 2013 there were 20 significant incidents including maternal deaths which mum shouldn't be dying in this day and age no. when, you know during childbirth it's just 
it just shouldn't be happening. It's, it's, invo- it's avoidable. East Kent Hospitals University Trust as well, between 2004 and 2020, there was 46% of cases said that they would have a different outcome out of the 202 that they looked at, which is just massive. That's just under half the cases, if you think yeah. all those families are receiving below average care. And this is not actually a true representation of the numbers that could actually be out there because in this investigation, families were only included if they came forward, whereas the families and donors for SATH were obviously contacted. So even if they didn't think there was any negligence or any substandard care, they were informed that there was. And most um, recently, Nottingham University, donors started here report and investigation similar to that with SATH there as of the 1st of September 2022 so it'll be interesting to see how many numbers um, are generated there with the poor care. Yeah it's really scary actually isn't it that all over kind of the UK this is happening it's not just a one-off event and as Alicia said in this day and age you don't expect to be receiving poor care like this in something you know childbirth and labour is you know such a common thing that you wouldn't think things would be going wrong certainly not to the extent that all of these investigations have uncovered we're kind of in agreement that there's widespread problems with maternity care and it's sadly not just due to staff short staffing um, and underfunding in hospitals it's a training culture reluctance to perform cesarean sections which was a massive factor at SATH the interpretation of CTGs where clinicians just actually can't tell that when the baby is in distress and junior staff feeling that they can manage complex cases kind of above what they're trained and qualified to deal with. We are dedicated to obtaining justice for these families and we believe that in bringing a clinical negligence claim it will make a difference to how the trusts operate and we really hope that there will be some change in in the UK not just SATH and we hope that the limelight being shone on SATH as it has been will make other maternity services you know have a look at what they're doing identify their problems and try and resolve them if you feel that you might have been affected by any of the content that Alicia and I have discussed today and are wondering what would happen if you contacted us about it we thought it might be useful to let you know the process involved here at Lanyon Bowdler. So you would contact us either by email or telephone, which our details are on the website. And one of our dedicated screeners would contact you to take information about the claim that you might have. This conversation can vary in length, depending on obviously how detailed you're able to be with your inquiry and what's happened. That information will then be put into a report and the report is circulated to our team of solicitors in the clinical negligence department. The report would then be reviewed by a team of our solicitors at a weekly meeting and we might need further information from you or you might have been able to provide enough information for us to make a decision as it stands. We usually aim to come back to you within around two weeks with our decision or obviously a request for more information if we feel that it's necessary. Uh, Alicia, do you want to say a bit about the sort of documentation that we might need? Yeah, I think it's good to have a timeline of the events of the negligence and an understanding of what you think went wrong, where you think the failings were and why as well as, you know, as detailed as you can be about dates and times, because that's all relevant to certain aspects of care 
and treatment that need to be provided. Any records that you've got to hand, you know, it's not necessary to have your medical records because that's something that we would get if we took the case on. But if you had any discharge summaries or prescription notices, anything along those lines that you could provide, you know, in terms of the SAF cases or even maternity cases generally, your red book, antenatal documents and or any feedback that they might have yeah. received from the trust at all. Yeah, any complaints, any feedback reports from Donna Rockenden. I think just as much as you can provide to give a really rounded view of what happened and where you think the failings were so that we can consider as much as we can before obviously going on and getting the documents that we would need for the case generally. Yeah, if we if we take it on. So what happens is we discuss the case um, as a team. So there'll be multiple solicitors in attendance and we discuss, you know, um, the likely success of the case. Um, it's important that we do that from the outset so that we can manage our expectations as to whether it's something that we're likely to be successful with. It is often quite tricky from the outset to know if a clinical negligence claim will be successful because the bar is sadly quite high to be successful with a claim but after that meeting if we don't need any further documentation we will be in touch in the next few days to let you know if the claim is something that we can progress for you and if it isn't we can provide the reasons why that may be yeah or equally we can come back and ask for more information if after discussing it we think that we need a little bit more about what happened the circumstances before we can make a decision it's important as well to say that there's a good bunch of solicitors here across all levels of experience so you really are getting a good review of your case prior to us deciding whether or not we can take it forward for you and I think what sets us apart from other firms is that everybody in our department in our team genuinely cares about yeah about you and I think that you know a lot is to be said for that mm-hmm. I would want us to be representing me if me um if I sadly had anything um happen to me although hopefully that never happens yeah exactly but yeah so we're that's the sort of process that we have if you would like to get in contact with us but you don't have to give rooms of information sometimes for us to have a look at it it's for a good you. start in place even if yeah. you just think there might be something in it Yeah, and sometimes it's better to know that you've got an answer, I think, either way. Thanks to Amy and Alicia, yet more proof that lawyers don't bite. If you have a legal issue you'd like me to put to the team to cover in an upcoming episode, please let me know by visiting lblaw.co.uk forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening. If you found the conversation useful, please remember to follow or subscribe on your app so you're notified of new releases. Speak to you soon. That was the Legal Lounge from Lanyon Bowdler Solicitors. Visit lblaw.co.uk slash podcast for helpful resources. And please do follow or subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode.